It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave that five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a food of 247 Sports. So many questions. Colin, what's up, man? Not much, not much. This is the time of year that I start following recruiting, the one out of like five days of the year. Cam Akers retired me from covering <laughs> recruiting. You were down there that night, weren't you? I was. Chase Parm and I jumped in a car, drove down against our better judgment. Both of us said, I don't think we're going down to cover an Ole Miss press conference, even though all the information I was getting on my side was, he's still going Ole Miss, he's still going Ole Miss, and I wish I could divulge who all I was getting that from. You win some, you lose some. But it was funny, the minute he put on that Florida State hat, me and Chase were already in the car. I mean, (laughs) we were gone. He said, and we were out the door. We knew. We, we bolted. We almost left when we saw what not only Cam was wearing, but what his mom was wearing too. Him or Kyle Madden, which was worse? Oh, Kyle Madden. <laughs> Mike White was the lead assistant for Andy Kennedy at that point. And Mike is now obviously the head coach of Florida. But Mike was my guy. A little naive at the time when it came to recruiting. I'm walking in and everybody just dressed to the nines in Arkansas gear. And I call Mike. I'm like, Mike, are you sure problem. about this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Just look, call me when you're done. When he says Ole Miss, I want to hear about it. 
He announces it for Arkansas. I walk outside and call Mike. I said, he said Arkansas, Mike. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Huh? Mike's a great guy. But that <laughs> one, that whole class was tough in general, though. That was yeah. not only him, but Johnny O. When yeah, LSU came and bought him in the final weekend of recruiting. <laughs> Guess you can say that now. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> Mike's one of the best dudes and not only coaching, but just in general, as far as sports are concerned, he's just a great guy. But at that time, he was a little naive to the recruiting scene. And yeah. Kai spurned Ole Miss. But I don't anticipate any kind of Kai Madden or Camp Akers drama for Ole Miss on Wednesday. This is a transition class. Yeah. Everybody knew that coming in. And I think that Ole Miss fans have done a pretty good job so far of lowering their expectations as far as what they are going to get on Wednesday. We off the air likened it to somewhat the 2012 class. And you need to get guys in here that can contribute. But you're not going to get the Treadwell or Robert Kendich or Laramie Tunzel. But you're going to get guys in this class that you are going to have to count on to be good football players for you. So while the ranking may not be high, this may be a class that you look back on that you talk about provided you with some starters for three or four years or some depth pieces too. That 2012 class was an outlier. Most transition classes are unmitigated disasters. Now, I think Lane Kiffin's going to do better to bridge that gap than any other coach that could have come in here and done that. He's already held on to pretty much every recruit that he wanted to that was already committed to Ole Miss, and that's good. Like, Eli Acker is going to play. I don't know if he's going to play next year, but he's going to be a good starting SEC lineman at the very least over his career. But when you look at that 2012 class, what's fascinating is the guys that they got contributions from weren't highly ranked. Like the most highly ranked guy in that class was Cheney Ward, and he was a five-star, the number 35 prospect in the country, according to 247 Sports. And yet, when you compare him to a Mike Hilton or a Bo Wallace, his contributions weren't nearly what those were. And Ole Miss almost didn't offer Bo. Waited until the last minute when Mississippi State had offered he was going to state. He wanted the Ole Miss offer, got it. He knew he'd come in and probably start. He was probably one of the most important signees in Ole Miss football history as yep. far as what he meant. Because without Bo, they don't win seven games in that first year. If they don't win seven games, you're not doing enough on the field to get Rob and Laquan and Laramie Tunsil. You're just not. So Bo was, in a way, a domino, the first domino to fall that led to all those great players coming to Ole Miss and having successful seasons and then the Sugar Bowl. You look up and down that group, I think they signed 18 players in that class, and 14 of them contributed in some meaningful way. Where that class really made its hay was at the back end. John Youngblood gave you some depth, was a starter by the end of his career. Cody Core went a highly ranked prospect, but a really good wide receiver. Now in the NFL, finding those type of players. Q Burdett, special teams. Tamario Strong, special teams. Pierce Burton started for you. If you can build that kind of depth, and those weren't highly ranked guys, but if you can build that kind of depth and land those type of players based on your own evaluations, that's about as well as you can do in a transition class. And that's why, for example, I put out there, first reported it, by the way, even though I don't cover recruiting, what the hell's up with you guys? Cade Renfro <laughs> was coming in for a visit, and he's already committed. Ole Miss dropped Robbie Ashford, then committed Cade Renfro. And if you look at it, rankings-wise, Ole Miss fans will go, wait, four-star quarterback for a two-, three-star quarterback? Oh, no! Lane Kiffin said in his introductory press conference, not worried about stars, I'm worried about my own evaluations. More or less, he said that. And you're seeing that already play out. Lane Kiffin's going to recruit the type guys that he wants in here to run his offense and, and to contribute on the defense side of the football rankings be damned and look let's not be naive recruiting rankings matter they don't matter to the point that uh, a former coach insisted that they did where he's just signing stars to sign stars there is an element of you have to build depth among your roster but if you do look at it I mean the teams that are winning national championships and winning conferences are the teams that consistently recruit at the top of their league and there's a reason for that but there is a little bit of program building that you have to do within recruiting where you can't just load up on stars at certain positions and negate other positions. Rankings matter, but a transition class is a freebie. 
the problem with Ole Miss this year is this transition class can't really be a true freebie for this coach. Lane no. needs to be able to hit because this roster can't afford just a complete misfire in one class. So it is important. But even if Lane Kiffin doesn't get done what he hopes to get done, which I don't think will be the case, but just for the sake of argument, let's say that it doesn't go wonderfully on Wednesday. Even still, Ole Miss fans are going to allow Lane Kiffin more time and rope and patience because they understand the situation. And I'm not sure any other coach that replaced Matt Luke would get the kind of rope that Lane Kiffin's getting. Ben, I'll just ask this. Is the class going to be that much different from a rankings perspective? And I'm asking this genuinely than it would have been under Matt Luke. I don't know. I think they were 23rd when Matt Luke was fired. Seventh in the SEC. Currently 37th, according to 247, and 11th in the SEC. I think they'll do better than that. So let's, just for the sake of this discussion, say that they end up 8th and 28th. It's about right, because I think Eric Reed was going to be lost no matter what. They weren't going to be in on Chris Moore. Haven't been in on him since January. They tried. He wasn't hearing it. Lane Kiffin gets hired at Ole Miss. Immediately, this kid's coming in for a visit. If you just get one or two of those guys, your ranking is going to go up exponentially to the point yeah. where you're going to be in the back end of the 20s. Assuming Eric Reed was going to go, assuming you were going to lose a few more, yeah. I mean, unless Matt Luke swept McKinley Jackson, Josiah Hayes, all of those players, probably similar. For Lane Kiffin, that's a win. For Matt Luke, that's a failure. That's kind of what I was getting at, man. If we'd have looked up on Wednesday and you lose Josiah Hayes and you lose J.J. Pegues, which looks like it's almost certainly going to happen now, this had a chance to go bad under Matt, I guess was my point. I think J.J. Pegues just wants to leave. I think he just wants yes. to go somewhere else. He doesn't want to play in Oxford. It's just unfortunate because Ole Miss and Oxford is a little bit more of a microscope. I think Auburn, for example, and Tuscaloosa, Baton Rouge, mainly Baton Rouge and Auburn, produce more prospects than Oxford. So when a player of the caliber of J.J. Pegues or Justin Woodall, players like that that leave and go out of state, Brandon Turnage, yeah. you only get one of these guys every so often. So when it happens, Ole Miss fans go, oh, God. What a failure by Matt Luke or Hugh Freeze or whoever to not get this kid. But I, I just don't view it that way. It'd be different if Oxford was producing Division One prospects on a regular basis. It's just more magnified because of the size of the town and the school itself. And you just don't see that at Oxford or Lafayette very much. Just as much as you want to say, well, they lose the top prospects. Well, God, look at how many kids from Baton Rouge go to Tuscaloosa to play at Alabama. Or how many kids yeah. from Auburn have gone and played at Alabama. It happens everywhere but it's just more magnified here because Oxford is smaller. Did you want to go to New Albany College when you were growing up? Oh, God, up? no. And I wouldn't blame Matt Luke for losing J.J. Peggy's. They no, did everything no, no. in their power to land that kid. I won't blame Lane Kiffin either. I mean, all you have to do is show him the proof. And they showed <laughs> J.J. Peggy's, the number one receiving tight end in the country last year was FAU's tight end. You can only do so much. Sometimes the kid just wants to leave. And I don't blame yeah. a kid for doing that. I would have never in my wildest dreams, never, ever, ever, gone to a new Albany college. I wouldn't go to Boonville because effectively that was like 13th grade to go to Northeast, 13th, 14th grade. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go hang out with all my friends from New Albany, Boonville, Ripley, Pontus. I'm just not going to do it. I went to Ole Miss, effectively the same thing, but it was a smaller group of people that went to Oxford and some went to Startville and a lot of them went to Boonville. But I understand that. I understand the allure of getting out of there. And it's not like he's going to Oregon or Stanford. I think it hurts more for Ole Miss fans because it's Auburn or Alabama. Right, yeah. Same way with Turnage last year. I'm kind of interested where he does go if it is Auburn or Alabama. But, yeah, I mean, look, I wouldn't have wanted to go to Eupora College. Sometimes I think you're right. The size of the town and everything about that magnifies it in this setting. 
This is a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Got a lot of ground to cover in this edition of Talk of Champions, but first, let me tell you about Impact by Ironwood and Sola. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right, Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolmus.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. So a few years ago, a multi-generation Ole Miss family set out to do something a little different in the world-renowned Oxford culinary community. They wanted to bring a true wine bar to the square. Upon opening the wine bar in 2013, they discovered they had one of the Southeast's best young chefs in Erica Leip. Fascinated by diverse cultures and tastes, Erica proved herself to be a true visionary when pairing food and drink, constantly discovering new pairings, and creating seasonal offerings that took the classics everyone loves and twisting them up a notch to create something truly unique. Fast forward to 2019, the family felt that their food offerings were being undervalued and decided to lean on Erica's incredible culinary talents and rebrand the wine bar into one of the best restaurants in the Southeast. Enter Sola, and the rebrand has been a roaring success. They've broken sales records this fall and look to do the same throughout 2020, and they've accomplished this because they're all about the experience, bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks as served by Erica and her team of food and beverage enthusiasts, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com, S-O-L-A-Oxford.com, or give them a call at 662-238-3500. That's 662-238-3500. Also remember to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, using the at MS on all platforms. Sola in Oxford, on the Oxford Square. It's mailbag time. Mail time. The mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. It's mailbag time here on Talk of Champions. The mailbag brought to you by Modern Woodman. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. A lot of questions. Not a lot of time to get to every single one of them, so we're just going to get started here. Tucker Italiano, does Ole Miss's record change at all if Momo Sonogo plays the whole season? I don't really think so. That's a good question. I can make an argument the Egg Bowl is different because State ran on them a little bit more than I thought they would. I could argue Mississippi State might be a win. Okay, so maybe a one-game difference then. Sure. I could give you that. Momo didn't matter, but I just don't know if his absence was all that big of a difference as far as a two-game, three-game swing. No. You're no. not beating LSU. You're not beating Alabama. You're not going to beat Auburn. Auburn, the defense played well. The offense failed. <laughs> so there are many <laughs> examples where defensively they did enough and the offense it, didn't do enough. Daniel Green, at dgreen underscore reb1 for Colin Brister. Would you rather wrestle Ed Orgeron or Will Muschamp? Yeah, it's Will Muschamp. Um <laughs> Ed, I'm convinced, would fight until the death. I don't see that in Muschamp, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think initially, Orgeron might be easier to take down, but Ed's not going to go until he's dead, so I'm going to take Muschamp. Yeah, it doesn't matter if Ed's got a broken leg, broken arm, <laughs> shoulder pops out. Ed ain't he's slowing going. down. He's going to come for you. 
He's got that kind of drive. I think Will, ultimately, you could wear him down. He yeah. didn't have that same kind of boom energy he used to have. Ed's going to die with coffee grains in his mouth. <laughs> J.A. Berry 5, at J.A. Berry 5. Chances Keith Carter makes the mascot look better. I think the chances are 60-40. 60% stays the same. 40% that they do make a change. I do think there is some discussion in that administration building. I know that the marketing people have at least discussed it. No one is blind to the call out there. So I think there's a chance. And 40% is much better than it ever was because Michael Thompson was not going to do anything about that mascot. I don't think that you're going to see it this year. I think that the percentage will grow over the next couple of years. But yes, I think a redesign has to happen and will happen at some point. Mac Vaughn at Mac Wheeler. Who will be the Ole Miss football defensive coordinator? Also, what other coaching hires do you expect? Well, David Johnson's done a great job of covering staff additions for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com. He first mentioned Randy Clements, who has now been officially announced as the new offensive line coach. Also, Blake Gideon is coming in as the special teams coordinator. So those are two additions that were officially announced on Monday. Other additions, I reported last week a lot of momentum right now for Bo Davis, former defensive line coach at Alabama. He's currently with the Detroit Lions, so you got about two more weeks until you know something on Bo Davis. Taj, the point ain't going to happen, I've heard. I've heard that Lane submitted to the SEC. Trooper Taylor, Taj LePoy, Bo Davis, and someone else. I can tell you how many times a college out there in the SEC has tried to bring Trooper Taylor back into the conference. Just doesn't happen for whatever reason. I don't know what it is, but the (laughs) SEC has already approved Bo Davis. They actually approved Bo Davis last year for Alabama, but Bo didn't want to make the jump back to college at that time, wanted to stay in the NFL. Once it goes quiet after signing day, that's when you'll start to see the staff become finalized to where once the recruiting calendar kicks back going in January, you can have that staff in place to really get rolling for the final signing day to close everything out. So, yeah. White Flanos at MBook77. Colin Brister, what's your opinion on the Ole Miss 2020 baseball team? I was kind of asking that in jest, but I, I do think it's a uh, top 14 to 16 seed, hosts the regional and uh, advances out of the regional and plays another super regional. We'll see if that's good enough to get the College World Series this year, but I do think this is a team that's going to host another regional and it'll be their fourth regional in Oxford in five years, which pretty good we'll see a lot of questions but i kind of believe in this team i didn't answer mac vaughn's question i think right now if you made me handicap it mike mcintyre is going to be old miss's defensive coordinator but i don't know that for sure if you made me rank the coaches from the former staff that could be retained i'd go mike mcintyre one freddie roach two and after that i don't know if they're going to retain much of anybody i think yeah. freddie roach has got a pretty good shot he won't be coaching defensive line if bo davis comes in um yeah. i think Derek nix is gone and I think Mike McIntyre has the best chance of anybody to keep his job. Rebel Fan 68 at Rebel Fan 68. Kermit won SEC Coach of the Year in year one. What would Kiffin and the Rebels have to do in 2020 for Kiffin to be strongly considered for SEC Coach of the Year in 2020? Win nine games? I was going to say eight, but yeah, it's about right. That schedule's hellacious, so I think eight would get him in the conversation. Mike McNatt, is Harry Potter better than Game of Thrones? Yes. But you have that one. Until the Game of Thrones books are finished, and all we can go on is the television show, Yes, Harry Potter is far and away better than Game of Thrones. Todd Watkins at the Todd Watkins. Can we set up a charity boxing match with the Spirit in Rebel Grove? Could do it after the Grove Bowl. Just a thought. I don't care about any of that drama yesterday. (laughs) I slept through it the night before. I woke up to so many text messages. Colin's the one that actually told me about it. Oh, you didn't know Todd told you? No. (laughs) Guys, if you haven't noticed, I covered a coaching search. I am checking out for Christmas. I'm already halfway there. I'm trying to check out. I'm trying to do a bunch of work in advance so that y'all won't hear from me for a week. 
I doubt it happens. But as far as that stuff, I don't have any beef with anybody. I just don't. Live like Lucas at page underscore rebs. Why does Lynette Johnson have a job, but Coach Smith does not? Oof. <laughs> Lynette has done a lot of things that I can understand the criticism from Ole Miss fans to where you would wonder why she still has her job. But as far as Coach Smith is concerned, this was six years in the making for him. But I agree with your point overall in regards to Lynette. I do think, and I asked Keith about this when he was on the podcast last week, there needs to be a full evaluation of everyone in the administration office. Ben, when Ole Miss got investigated by the NCAA uh, the last time, why was the NCAA already on campus? Women's basketball. You want that to happen again? Track and field as well. That's kind of my point. I'm kind of trying to be a little cryptic, but that's kind of my point. Objective Rebel, what's your take on Yancey's anti-McCready tirade? I just don't care. And the reason why I don't care is because I'm not so vain as to think that everybody's going to like me. Some people just aren't going to like you. They're going to think you suck. And I accept that. So I feel comfortable in saying, because it's the truth, even though someone accepted that, for me, this is just a job. And when I'm done with it, I'm done with it. I don't take this home with me. I like Neil. I've been friends with Chase since college. Yancey's been a friend for a long time. Yancey does some dumb shit. David Johnson's a really good friend of mine. He works his tail off. Chuck's been the best boss ever. But as far as the site war stuff, eh, it just doesn't do anything for me. I don't want to get into the drama of it. I find it yeah. really petty and childish. Chuck told me day one once I got hired at the Ole Miss Spirit, which was 11 years ago, I want two stories a day from you, and we don't worry about what anybody else is doing. We do our job. You don't say anything about Rebel Grove, about the ledger, nothing. You do your job. We don't talk about or discuss other people's reporting. Yancey broke that one rule. <laughs> but that's his deal. I just don't want to get pulled into the drama. I just don't care enough. All right, yeah. Mike Jones, Colin has never watched any of the Star Wars movies and called Baby Yoda ugly. Please publicly shame him. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> I don't understand. How anybody in 2019 hasn't seen one Star Wars movie. And you can go out there and go, Ben, you're a nerd. Yeah, I'm the nerd. I'm the nerd because you are one of the very few who haven't watched Star Wars. I'm not a big movie guy, first off. There's a question in here later about what my favorite movie is. And I don't know. Like, I'm not a big movie person. So it's not like an active tirade against Star Wars. But calling that Baby was, Yoda ugly, that's okay, an affront. No, that, that's out of context. That is out of context. I asked what it was. I didn't say ugly either. I said, what? Even I, if you're thought, not a movie or a television person, you know who Baby Yoda is. I it's didn't. all over Twitter, and you're obsessed with Twitter. <laughs> I didn't know what he was. Oh, my God. <laughs> my whole group message, which is like 30, like 25 to 28-year-olds, all Ole Miss fans, just blew up on me. Good. <laughs> I like them. Thank you, Breck. Yeah, I'm the weird one because I like Star Wars. Sam Mooney at Sam Mooney Music. Now that we know who the offensive coordinator will be, Jeff Levy, and that Tisdale and Corral are staying, who do you see winning the quarterback competition? And if it's not Plumley, do you think a non-quarterback role would be created for him? I think Matt Corral is the starting quarterback next year. Um, breaking news! Breaking news! Matt Corral, according to Colin Brister, breaking news, will be Ole Miss's starting quarterback next year. Eight months in advance. He asked if I had to pick, and it'd be Matt Corral. I don't know. He was their starting quarterback last year until he got hurt, and then, you know, they did whatever they did with Plumley. Uh, would I be shocked if it's Plumley? No, but, I mean, if you're making me guess, I'm putting my money on Matt Corral. I'm of the belief that John Rice Plumley can be a good SEC starting quarterback. I'm of the belief that he could be a poor man's Johnny football. Not to say he would ever be an NFL player as a quarterback. I will also go on record and say 
He's Alvin Kamara. So is Jerrion Ely. I would be tempted, but I'm not a football guy. Lane Kiffin has forgotten more football than I'll ever know. But I would be tempted to put those two in the backfield together with a quarterback who can sling it if he stays within the confines of the offense and let him roll. I can see John Rice Plumlee making it to the NFL as a running back. I truly can't. It's easy to make the Christian McCaffrey comparison. I wonder why. (laughs) Because he's white. Well, thanks for stating the obvious. But yes, but you can see how dynamic he could be as a running back. He's not a wide receiver. The quarterback competition is going to come down ultimately to Matt Corral and John Rice. And I think in this offense, Matt Corral is going to win the job. I got crucified because I said, I don't think Matt Corral is going to finish the year as Ole Miss's starting quarterback. But there was a basis for that. Rich Rod told John Rice Plumley in his recruiting visit, he didn't have his quarterback on campus, that John Rice was his quarterback. And in that offense, John Rice makes the most sense. But you're not going to see that run-heavy variation of the spread. That's not what Lane Kiffin does. He's going to need someone who can distribute the ball. And Matt Corral is that guy to me. But he did many times when he was playing in games, improvise a little bit in the huddle. The play would be called, he would audible it. You got to earn that trust first. Now, it worked on fourth and 23 against Mississippi State. (laughs) It worked, but just because it worked once. And I don't think that would fly at all with Lane Kiffin. I don't either. I think a lot of people forgot that he was a true freshman, too, because a lot of things got played. And I'm completely neglecting Plumlee in this situation, just simply talking about Corral and, and what he did in his four games as a starter. I didn't think he was near as bad as he was made out to be. I thought the kid was growing, and I thought he, he should have been allowed to make freshman mistakes as well. But Ole Miss has had a lot of success with quarterbacks. They haven't had to see quarterbacks develop. Um, and I think Mac was going through some growing pains. And we'll see what he looks like when Ole Miss goes to Baylor next, or I guess goes to Houston next year. Rich Rod and Matt did not trust John Rice Plumley to throw the ball at all. And you did a disservice to not only him, but Matt Corral when you had to throw in the egg bowl, taking him out of the game and putting in Matt Corral for two drives. You hampered the development of both players. That's just not fair to either one of them. Matt Corral was entering the transfer portal, had Matt Luke stayed. He's back. Grant Tisdale is back. Miles Battle is back. Demarcus Gregory is back. <laughs> Ole Miss needed those guys back. It suffered those losses with the NCAA stuff. Trey Nixon goes to UCF, and you might say, oh, wait, Trey Nixon, he's not any good. Depth matters. And when you're breaking in a new head coach with a transition class, you can't afford to take those losses in the transfer portal. Do I think there will be some transfers after spring ball? Yeah. In the quarterback room, Corral has to be considered the leader in the clubhouse, and Grant Tisdale to be his number two, back him up. And John Rice is going to be a weapon that Lane Kiffin utilizes. He's not dumb to the fact that Jerrion Ely and John Rice Plumley are 1A and 1B as far as his offensive weapons. He's going to play those guys, even if it means John Rice has to move to running back. You at all interested how they handle spring practice and baseball? Both of those players are going to practice some in football, but it's not like it's every single day for spring football. It's like three days a week for five weeks, 15 practices. Now, the Grove Bowl is interesting. Are they going to participate in the Grove Bowl? That's on a Saturday with baseball. Yeah, that one's going to be tough. But both of those players are going to be allowed to play baseball because if they're not, if Lane Kiffin were to tell Jerrion Ely tomorrow, you can't play baseball, he's entering the portal five minutes later. <laughs> I know that for a fact. My guy's going to Clemson. And Keith said it on the podcast last week, that will be honored. Both of those guys will be allowed to play baseball. I don't think they have a choice. If John Rice is a running back, does it matter? I don't know what John Rice is going to play. I still believe in him as a quarterback. But in this offense, if you made me handicap it, I do think that Matt Corral's got a leg up on everybody else. But he has to stay within Lane's offense. I do wonder about Robbie Ashford. Do you think some of the reason he was dropped was because no. of the baseball stuff? No, I know it wasn't. Okay. I'll tell you. It doesn't really matter. I'll tell you. 
Lane Kiffin just didn't like his film. Jeff Lebby, Lane Kiffin both preferred Cade Renfro. Michael Luker, at Luker, Michael O2, what do you think attendance will be like next year? We're going to get right back to Colin Brister in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. But quickly, let's hear from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. I don't think it's going to sell out full of season tickets, but you tell me there's 50 to 55,000 there every game. I'm not going to be shocked. There's only one coach that you could bring in that would absolutely set ticket sales on fire, and that's Lane Kiffin. And he did it. And I think they'll have 15,000 at the Grove Bowl. You know what I'm more interested in? How many did they take to Houston? 11,000. Okay. It's going to be a lot. (laughs) I think that they're going to pack out pretty much every game. And it doesn't matter if they win or lose. Every Ole Miss fan, I think, is educated enough to give Lane Kiffin whatever time he needs. At underscore, it's just Tyler. Which is more likely? Kermit Davis gets to the Final Four, or Lane Kiffin gets to the college football playoff, let's say within the next four to six years? I'm going to go with Kermit just because I think the tournament can be a little bit more flukier than getting to the playoffs is, but I'm not going to feel good about that answer either. Four to six years, I'm taking Lane Kiffin. The NCAA tournament is a crapshoot. You just want to get into the tournament and give yourself a chance. Alabama's not going to be Alabama forever. You just need one year where you have the right mix of players and coaching talent on the sidelines to get to Atlanta. Not every single year. Most years, you're probably going to win seven, eight games at most. But that one year, you put it all together, you win 10 games, and you only need to beat two teams, LSU, Alabama. In most years, Auburn isn't particularly great. If you win the SEC title game, even with one loss, two losses, you can still make it into the college football playoff. I think yeah. that's a better shot than Ole Miss making it to the Final Four. The field is smaller, and the path is more black and white. It just kind of feels like to me that it's it's more fluky, uh, that a team like you know Ole Miss that is a six seed might you know, look into a good draw. Because frankly, I think if you look back in 2013, if they get past LaSalle, they have a decent shot at getting to the Final Four, and that's kind of just my point. Yeah, but they didn't. They lost to LaSalle, sure. and that's my point. Jess Mitchell, <laughs> at Jess B. Mitchell, of all the coaches either added to the staff or potentially added to the staff, who are the best recruiters? Bo Davis is a potential staff addition. Randy Clements is a great recruiter. I've heard, I don't know much about him, but I've heard that Blake Gideon is a dynamic recruiter in Texas. 
Jeff Lebby has already proved his recruiting salt. And Lane Kiffin's a baller when it comes to recruiting. Chris Moore had no interest in Ole Miss, and now he does. Those are probably the best recruiters, but there's a lot of things that have to be settled before we can really have that discussion. Daniel Green, at dgreen underscore reb1, what game do you see us winning in 2020 that we will be underdogs in? I know it's super early, but how about Baylor in the season opener? What if Matt Rule is the Cowboys' next head coach? Would you like that? No, but what if (laughs) Matt Rule is the next Cowboys' head coach? That's certainly uh, something you can look forward to. If you ask me today, I would go with Baylor. i tell you one that I'm interested in, though, and I don't know what it is. Look, they're going to be favored over Ole Miss. I get that. Florida's going to roll into Oxford a week after having to play LSU. Kind of interested in that game. Is Florida good? Can we call Florida good? I think I, I like calling Florida a bad, good team. I don't think they're near good enough to compete to win the SEC East or the SEC Championship, but they're not a bad team. Um, you know, everybody talks about Dan Mullen's quarterback development, and I get that. But at some point, why not go sign a good quarterback? I think Florida's always going to be, I think that under Mullen, they're going to be perennially 8-4 and four to 10-2. and two. What if Ole Miss just slightly outperforms its projection? Going into that game, it might only be a pick especially if Florida underperforms just a little. So are they really going to be underdogs yeah. in that game? The obvious answer, depending on Matt Rule and on December 17th, is <laughs> Baylor. Ole Miss does have a lot coming back. I went and looked at this yesterday, Ben. Baylor in the 2417 composite talent rating was 35th. Ole Miss was 25th. Are, are, are they really going to be that much more talented than Ole Miss after you know a good recruiting class from them? I don't think so. Matt Rule's the one heck of a coach. I think Lane Kiffin's a pretty good coach, too. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. That's a really good point. I didn't know that about the talent. Ty, yeah. at a true rebel underscore 99, any chance one of these quarterbacks transfers before the spring? No. Afterwards, yes. Rebel <laughs> fan 68 at rebel fan 68. What will a Kiffin offense and defense look like? Heavy run, pass, or even split on offense? Still run 3-4 defense? Yes, or something different. They're running a the 3-4. And offensively, yeah, they're going to be far more balanced. But you have to be able to efficiently pass the ball. They're going to push the ball more down the field as well. So you got to have wide receivers that can create separation. And Ole Miss did not have any wide receivers really create separation last year. But Lane Kiffin likes the roster. It's why he preferred Ole Miss to Arkansas. And Arkansas did have an offer on the table. Jonathan Mingo was poorly utilized last year. Dennis Jackson, same thing. I think with a new wide receivers coach, not to knock Jacob Peeler. I thought Jacob Peeler did a good job. But with a new offense, a new wide receivers coach, those wide receivers are going to look like a brand new group next year. That offense is not conducive, as Rich Rods, to wide receivers being worth a crap. It's going to be a completely different look. You look at Rich Rod's offense, and uh, not many people developing it from a quarterback and a wide receiver's perspective. So I think Ole Miss has done themselves a solid getting a new offensive system in there. I hated that offense. (laughs) It was atrocious. I just hated it. John Rice Plumley rushed for 1,000 yards as a quarterback, and no one's ever going to talk about that. No. Didn't play for four games. Oh, my God. Hunter Kinneberg at Hunt Kinneberg, all-time favorite movie. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, I was going to go Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I actually, I, look, I, I said previously I'm not a big movie guy. Uh, Major League, I don't know. I'm a big baseball guy. I like Major League, sure. Ethan Helms, at Ethan Helms, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? First of all, Ethan, you've asked me this before. <laughs> and the answer's still the same. I'm taking one horse-sized duck. Yeah. David got one shot against Goliath, and guess what? He made it happen. Yeah. I would rather take my one shot with one duck 
than 100 shots against 100 duck-sized horses. That's just sabermetrics. Take one shot. Blisters on me fingers at GM Crutches. Assuming it was done correctly, what storyline would you like to see in a Game of Thrones spinoff? Why did John have to go beyond the wall after he killed Danny? His brother is on the throne. His sister is Queen of the North. At worst, he could go home to the North. So if done correctly, John's entire character arc at the end of the series. This is Jon Snow's story. It's obvious that he's supposed to end up on the throne, and yet they had to do that thing where we just want to skew different just to be different. Sometimes the obvious choice is the right one. Otherwise, what's the whole point of his parentage? Why does it even matter? I agree. You have no clue about Game of Thrones, do you? I have no clue what you just said. Yeah. OMF gets fat. (laughs) If a werewolf was on the moon, would it perpetually be a werewolf or never transform? Never transform. Yeah. Could a zombie survive in space? No. There's no gravity in space. Nothing can survive in space that's of this earth. No, I didn't think about it like that. That's a good point. It would float off into nothingness, biting at the air if it didn't blow up immediately. There's still human elements to zombies. There's shells of humans that are now zombified. If a vampire bites a zombie, which one turns? The vampire, because it's getting zombie blood. What a weird set of questions that was. <laughs> Alan Roberts, at 18 Alan Roberts, guess on the final football staff. There's just so much in flux right now. I'm just trying to go through what they've got left to hire. Wide receivers, tight ends, defensive line, linebackers, DBs. What do we have in writing right now? Jeff Levy's the offensive coordinator. Kevin Smith's the running backs coach. Blake Giddy's the special teams coordinator. Randy Clements is offensive line coach. Bo Davis is the defensive line coach. Right now, Mike McIntyre is the defensive coordinator. But honestly, we don't know anything until after signing day. So it's hard for me to put out there who the rest of the staff will be because you hear candidates, but a Taj LePoy, for example, I don't think that's going to happen. There's some current Alabama staffers that could make their way to Ole Miss. Joe Panunzio is a name I've heard, for Christ's sake. It's all completely up in the air until this first signing period is over. It's impossible to even gauge that or predict that right now. Ryan Wiggins at RZWig. How did baseball not get in the top 40 rankings? Okay, that site hates Ole Miss, and I'm not saying that is uh, oh, he's Ole Miss. No, like that site has an agenda against Ole Miss. College baseball news, there's some beef there. I can't remember what it's about, but they hate Ole Miss. So I wouldn't worry about that. I don't expect Ole Miss to be a top 25 team when like reputable sources actually do their rankings. But I think they're going to be a team that finishes well inside the top 20. They're not going to be a top 25 team going into the year by pretty much anybody. But top 35, top 30? Yeah. Receiving votes? Yeah. At Posey Money Reed, if you had to pick one Ole Miss story as the subject of a sports movie, what would it be? How about Denzel Kimdichie getting messed up on Spice and ending up naked on a roof? Or the time Rob tried to Spider-Man out of a hotel room? Oh, me. What happens if Ole Miss loses the 2012 Egg Bowl? How different is the program? I don't think it's all that different. You think they still get Rob even at five and seven? Well, you probably get Rob. You probably don't get Laramie. If you don't get Laramie. (laughs) Rob was going anywhere Denzel was going. Right. But if you don't get Laramie, does the NCAA show up? God, we're going down the rabbit hole. (laughs) there are a lot of stories off the field that I'd rather write about than on the field stuff. So if I'm picking the subject of an Ole Miss sports movie, all the off the field stuff is way more interesting to me. The meeting between Hugh Freeze and Mike Sheridan. Oh boy. Or just the whole Hugh Freeze story in general. This is what happened last week. I had some fun with Hugh Freeze. All right. I was making a bunch of wrestling montages and it was like the Titan Tron videos that you see in wrestling. And I made one for Hugh Freeze. 
All of the other ones were Lane Kiffin. I made one for Hugh Freeze, and it was Billy Gunn, Mr. Ass. Just as a joke, just having some fun. Then there are pictures that surface of him and Lane eating at Downtown Grill. So I had some more fun. So the next afternoon, 12, 14 p.m., Hugh Freeze slides into my DMs. Tried to text you last night, he said, but I think I may have your wrong number. My number has not changed. I was just to say. You are a good man. Sorry I hurt you. Now, I responded nicely. I said, no, man, it's all in good fun. Appreciate the note. Congrats on the success at Liberty. Take care. That was it. It was done. He said, thank you. Sorry I hurt you. See, that's the thing. That pious response is the thing. Hugh, you didn't hurt me. I just think you suck. Not everybody is going to like you. Are you so vain as to think everybody has to like you? And you mean to tell me, after you had that dinner with Lane, you went back to your hotel in Oxford, you were sitting in bed like a teenage girl, and Twitter searched your name. How else would you know that I made fun of you? I didn't tag you in it. People have fun at my expense all the time. No one does it more than I do. (laughs) Why are you still caring about what anybody says about you? You are the highest paid coach in G5. You're at a place that allows you to do whatever you want to do, and yet you still do this nonsense. Why? Why are you sliding into my DMs? But my number has not changed. If Hugh Freeze wants to call me or to text me, he knows my number. Can confirm your number has not changed since uh, Hugh Freeze left. It has not. It has not. (laughs) Tom Chandler at SunN21. During the dead period, are coaches allowed to Skype or have video contact with players? I know they can have phone contact, but cannot meet face-to-face. I don't think you can do Skype and video contact. But does that fall under the umbrella of phone contact? It's a good question. Even if the rule is strict that you can't, trust me, every school does. That feels like one of those that I don't ask, don't tell. How can you police it? I know one recruiting story with a particular school, not Ole Miss, that was on the phone with Drew Richmond, for example, and FaceTiming him the day before signing day. So schools do it. Whether it's a rule or not, I don't know. But schools do it. And that's supposed to be a dead period. There's going to be conversations. You can't police it. Todd Watkins, at the Todd Watkins. Who's your sleeper recruit? Demarcus Thomas. He's a tight end, three-star, 953rd nationally, 6'2", 228. I think he could start. I'll take the guy, Bullock. Yeah, Kentrell Bullock. Yes, I couldn't remember his first name. Kentrell Bullock. I think that kid's got a chance to be a special player. I've been told he's got extremely quick burst, and I don't know. Look, I'm not a recruiting guru, uh, self-admittedly, but I think the kid can be a player. Todd Watkins, who do you see playing as a freshman? Demarcus Thomas, uh, DeSanto <laughs> Rollins. Josiah I don't know. I think he's more of a project. Okay. Eli Acker has to provide some depth immediately. Did Ricky Wright? But that's the only people we know right now because it's still a day away from signing day. We don't know who's on that signing day list. And a lot's going to change between now and February, too. January is going to be just an absolute circus. Brandon Tucker, at P underscore B underscore Tucker. Can you break down the vacation time y'all get with 247? Yancey Porter seems to get it in his favor. We don't have a vacation policy. I'm going to Disney World January 6th through the 11th, taking the whole family. That's not a vacation to me. I'm taking my computer anyway. I have never gone on a vacation in the last 11 years without my computer. I can't remember the last time I had a true kick it, don't think about anything vacation. Just always something can pop, you know? I mean, you know, God forbid, but you can't be out there with no source of communication in the when you're covering athletics, anything can always happen. Look, I love my job, and I'm not complaining. But all you guys out there and gals that have eight to fives, I somewhat envy you. Because when five o'clock hits, you go home and you're done. This doesn't turn off for me. 
I can be on the clock at any time. Yep. During the 2013 recruiting cycle, I didn't sleep for 48 hours. At the time, <laughs> I was also a heavy dipper, which is disgusting. I understand. But I don't begrudge anyone who dips. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> but I dipped a lot in 2013. I dipped so much in 48 hours. My mouth, after the signing day press conference, felt like it was about to fall off. I said, you know what? I'm going to take a break. And then I took another day. I said, you know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to keep going. And I kept pushing myself. I felt like I was a recovering drug addict. But eventually, I broke that habit. I haven't dipped since. That okay. made me stop dipping, yeah. This lifestyle, you say you want to be an Ole Miss beat reporter. This lifestyle is not healthy. <laughs> it's not. No sleep. Sitting on your ass all the time. You have to make yourself be active or you'll be sitting yeah. there staring at a screen for hours. And always somebody can get arrested or whatever. Just always on call. Always. DSU underscore Reb. With a new offense, will the receivers be able to get better separation to help the quarterback? You better hope so. God, I hope so. <laughs> How many times did you see 10 personnel this year? Not very often. Yeah, not a ton. But when you did, John Rice Plumley completed at or a little bit better than 70% of his passes. And yet they continued to just run two wide receivers out in routes and made no sense. He's a completely different quarterback. Shocker so, how that happens when you give him one, two, three, four options. Yeah, spacing the field and all that. Yeah. Crazy. So I think you will see more 10 personnel. That's just what Lane Kiffin does. It's almost like he knows what he's doing. Cody Wiley at Cody underscore Wiley 1991. Thoughts on the preseason baseball ranking that shook the Ole Miss Twitter community. I didn't know it <laughs> shook the Twitter community. They were not happy. That site doesn't like Ole Miss. Uh, they had teams like Ball State and Central Michigan. Central Michigan made a regional last year, whatever. But people not doing their job correctly. Forrest Crumby at Forrest Crumby. Does Ole Miss make the NCAA tournament? It's going to be close. They're going to be a bubble team. You ready to go to Dayton? Yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah. Do they win 10 SEC games? Yes, because I think they play Florida twice, and Florida kind of stinks. I'll go right at 10 and 8. They win 10 SEC games. They're a slam dunk. But I think yeah. they're going to be seventh or eighth in this league. This roster is very talented, but there's been a lot of turnover. And they had an NBA player at the three last year. We took that for granted. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, he's good. Terrence Davis, one of the most underappreciated, underrated players in the history of Ole Miss basketball. No, no, no. In the history of Ole Miss sports. <laughs> Athletics, yeah. Yeah. Forrest Crumbie at Forrest Crumbie. Who leads Ole Miss in home runs? Tyler Keenan. Yeah. Yeah, unless people are going to get mad at me for saying it. I think Tim Elko is going to have a breakout season. Stop. So. You've been calling for that for three years. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I just said he deserved to play last year over some of the other guys they played. He just got off to a bad start. And Mike does not like guys that get off to bad starts. He does not, especially when they strike out. Yeah. Randy Joel Morgan at Rebel Nut 18 is having a TV on the floor, a Fox Pause, or okay? <laughs> Here's the deal. Are you in college? This is one of my friends. He's in graduate school. Then yes. Okay. Clean up your life. <laughs> yes. Is he single? Uh, yes. Makes sense then, right? Yeah, so they have like three TVs. Just one of them's on the floor. They just have the living room with like three TVs so they can watch sports on all of them. And play Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not okay. You're pushing it. I'll give you a pass because you're still technically in college. But get your TV off the floor. And do not have all three TVs in the den. Have some pride about yourself. Oh, no, come on now. Like, How are you going to watch four football games at one time if you don't have multiple TVs? You get a really big TV, even uh -huh. a projector for a wall and do the multi-channel deal. Okay, okay. Most streaming services offer that. Yeah, but if you have DirecTV... Then you're paying for an absolutely terrible service. That's, that's your own fault. No wonder yeah. you got your TV in the floor. You're dumb. <laughs> if you're enough. in college, it doesn't matter. All rules out the window. Have the TV on the floor. 
in grad school, graduated? Come on. You're an adult. Cody Harrell, top three SEC coaches you'd take a trip to Vegas with. Before that answer from Colin Brister in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions, let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. It's Christmas time, the best time of the year. Time to celebrate with family and friends and maybe just treat yourself or a significant other to your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. And there's only one place to stop, and that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And there's no better time to go. It's year-end clearance time, which means you can save big, big money. They're closing out old models for the new 2020s coming in, so head on over to 2201 East University Avenue that's just past Kroger in Oxford and go get the new Ram 1500, the 2500, a Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, a Dodge Charger, a Chrysler Pacifica. That's in my garage right now. Purchased where? At Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. But there are numerous reasons why drivers choose Alan Samuels of Oxford. They proudly serve Oxford, Batesville, New Albany, Cenotopia, and Memphis, and their teams of sales advisors, service technicians, and financing experts are trained with one focus in mind, addressing each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. At Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, their team will be happy to fill you in on each of the reliable options in their inventory, and when the time comes for you to drive home in your next car, maybe wrap a bow on top of it, their auto finance team will be standing by with solutions to fit your individual needs. They truly have every one of your automotive needs covered. The only question left now is how can they best serve you? So give them a call 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or the address once more, 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. This is my most favorite question of all the bunch. Well, obviously uh, Lane Kiffin. Yeah, Kiffin's one. Uh, Derek Mason's two. I don't think Derek would do well in Vegas. You don't think so? No. Derek seems like a high-strung guy to me. I've seen Hugh Freeze at a craps table before. <laughs> Nola was wild, man. Uh, yeah. Possum was rolling them craps. Who would I want to go to Vegas with? Not Saban and not Malzahn. I mean, Orgeron would be an experience. I don't know. Orgeron's a lot cleaner than he used to be. 2007 Orgeron, different story. Probably. <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt, no. no. Kirby Smart seems like a guy that might enjoy <sighs> if he was able to wind down. Jimbo would be fun. Jimbo would tell they- stories, that country idiot. He'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> Who are we forgetting here? Mark Stoops got that charm to him. He looks like a guy that, man, he could roll it. Wait, wait, wait. Elijah Drinkwood seems like a guy. He's a younger dude. He no, seems kind of- I've heard he's very really? religious. I've heard he's very religious. But hey, hey, hey. Hugh Freeze was very religious, and I don't know. He's still sliding the DMs. Hadn't changed. Maybe. I'm going Jimbo. If I put Kiffin with Ed O, it's going to be more fun. There's no way they don't fall into their old habits together. Okay. I'm going to go uh, Kiffin, Ed Orgeron, and Kirby Smart. Yeah, I'm taking Jimbo. That country idiot. Jared Joel, at Jared Joel, rumors of the biggest steal Kiffin might get in the class. Chris Moore. Yeah. Four-star offensive lineman. Got some brothers. From West Memphis, Arkansas. That'd be the biggest one right now. Yeah. January could be an absolute circus. But right now, a day out of National Signing Day, the early signing period, Chris Moore. Rob what, Leonard. What? Hey, Ben. I'm a former Ole Miss student and regular listener living in the UK. God, I envy you. I'm planning on coming to a game next season. My first since 2009. 
Do you think the Alabama game would be the best choice? No. No, no, no. Auburn or Florida? Come to Florida. The return of Dan Mullen, who's already trolling Lane Kiffin. Dan Mullen was talking about how he's not fun like Lane Kiffin. That's why Lane Kiffin is ranked ahead of him on Pete Burns' SEC coaches list. And he said it's because he's not as fun as Lane, not as fun as Joey Freshwater. Ole Miss still lives rent-free in his head. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any love lost with Ole Miss fans and him either. So, no, don't come to the Alabama game. Yes, the storyline is obvious, Nick Saban versus Kiffin, and you might want to see that, but Ole Miss is going to lose that game. You want to come to a game, if you're coming over from the U.K., that Ole Miss has a chance to win and would be somewhat of an upset. So, Florida. Yeah. You could sell me on Auburn. RebelFan68, at RebelFan68. How do you think other SEC teams feel about the Kiffin hire? No disrespect at all to RebelFan68 here. Who cares? <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Nothing else matters. Yeah. Certain people, national media, in the conference, coaches, they're not going to like you. And that's never going to change. So embrace it. Be the villain if you have to be. You're nationally relevant. If it's negative, if it's positive, Ole Miss is being talked about. Lane Kiffin interrupted the college football playoff selection show to be interviewed. Ole Miss is nationally relevant. I understand where you're coming from with your question, but it doesn't matter. Unless you're asking, are they scared of Ole Miss? Not yet, but if Lane Kiffin does what he's capable of potentially doing, if he fulfills the prophecy of Lane Kiffin that everyone has been waiting on for so long... Yeah, I think if he's coming from that perspective, I think certainly fair question if maybe some people viewed Ole Miss differently after they hired Kiffin from, uh, oh crap, they're actually serious about winning football games perspective because I'll be honest, that was the first time I felt like Ole Miss was committed to winning football games in a while. So I don't know if that sentiment ran wild throughout the SEC, but I think it's certainly possible. Darby McCraney at daddy underscore DMAC. Oh, God. <laughs> Darby, you need to change that name. Thus far, what are your first impressions of the new head coach? what sticks out. He's a dynamic recruiter. He gets it to as far as the current culture in college football and college football recruiting, kids in social media. He's a king at social media, and he understands how to play that game. Also, I thought it was pretty telling that he comes to the basketball game, and I talked to a media relations staffer and said, hey, is Lane going to be introduced today? And he said, no, no, we'll wait for an SEC game. But Lane shows up, gets introduced, and then does a national interview with Dave Neal. So he understands the PR of it, striking while the iron's hot, everything is a recruiting opportunity. That's what sticks out the most to me. He's a dynamic recruiter. And whatever you want to say about Matt Luke, one thing that was obvious is that Matt was not going to be the public face of Ole Miss football because that just was never his personality. He wasn't going to get out there and put himself out there constantly. Lane Kiffin, he doesn't give a crap about what anybody thinks about him. He's just going to get out there and do it. Matt was never quite comfortable in the role. He didn't want to talk to the media. Didn't want to do the press conferences. Wasn't going to be on national television, national radio. Lane's all over it. I don't think he's seeking it out so much as people are seeking out him and he understands this is what I got to do to keep eyeballs on my program because eyeballs, good and bad, are good. He hasn't won a football game yet either. Imagine how crazy it'll be if he actually starts winning football games. Yeah. Ethan Helms, at Ethan Helms, if you're in a car that could go the speed of light, what happens when you turn the headlights on? I don't know. I'm not good at math. If you had a car that, I don't know. Ethan, why are you twisting my brain? These go to 11 at Hotty Toddy Nash. Your thoughts on access compared to the last staff assistance as well. Oh, access is going to be tough. But if you're someone who relies on access in that building to do your job well, you got problems. I have not relied on people in that building for three, four years. And I have friends in that building, still in that building. But I don't talk to them about Ole Miss football. The Cam Akers recruitment taught me this one thing. If you're relying solely on Ole Miss sourcing, you're not going to be particularly reliable. 
I think access for some, it'll be tough and they won't be able to do their jobs as well. But I haven't been operating that way. And I'm not going to operate that way. If you don't do it that way, it's going to be slanted in one particular direction. And if it's slanted in one particular direction, that's dangerous. Yep. Yep. But Lane's going to go in there and tell everybody, hey, button it up. No talking. Don't talk to outside sources. He's already done that. After his press conference, his introductory press conference, someone approached Wilson Love and just wanted to talk to him. He's like, hey, man, I can't talk. He's already told us we can't talk. That's going to happen. But David Johnson doesn't rely on just people in that building. Chuck doesn't either, to the surprise of some. But yeah, if you're just relying on access in that building, you're going to have problems. Cole Woods at Colmus 22 Lane Kiffin said he wants to use more analytics. What does it say about Bianco that our football coach wants to use advanced analytics more than he does? Will he ever get with the times and use advanced analytics or will he continue to manage like it's the 1970s? He actually does use advanced analytics. That's what Mike Clement does. Mike Clement was brought in to bring Sabre metrics to Ole Miss baseball, and they hired a Sabre professional onto their coaching staff, somebody that is just there to analyze the data. But Mike Bianco is ultimately going to go with his gut. Have your own yeah. criticism of Mike Bianco. To say that he's not at all paying attention to advanced analytics just isn't true. Do I think he should use them more? Yes. I think if he leads Thomas Dillard off for the entirety of the year, I think Ole Miss goes to the College World Series last right. year. But does he completely disregard them? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think Mike, look, you've been around him a lot more than me. I think Mike's a different cat than he was, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago. Yeah. I think, I think he's starting to become a different dude. So, Well, Mike's uh, always going to do what Mike does. And sure. Mike is ultimately going to make decisions based on what he feels convicted about. But he well, is listening to more people. It used to be just the Mike show in every aspect of his program, even running the scoreboard. I know that from firsthand experience. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't do that anymore. It's funny. Um, a lot of people, and I get it. Look, Ole Miss has lost a lot of big baseball games under Mike Bianco. I get it. I completely get it. They talk about being tight and all that. They bring up the game at Arkansas last year to go to the College World Series. and Man, sometimes you just get your ass kicked, right? I don't think they were tight that Monday in Fayetteville. I just think they got their teeth kicked in. Gunnar Hoagland did not have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes that just happens. Brandon Tucker at P underscore B underscore Tucker. Grant Tisdale has to be the starting quarterback, right? I've watched the film between he and Matt Corral. Knowing what we do about Matt Corral, am I wrong? If you've watched the film, Brandon. <laughs> I've talked to people in the building. Grant Tisdale has some tools. But there's a reason why he wasn't playing and the other two were. You have to perform in practice, and you have to consistently put it on tape in practice, and he wasn't able to do that. Could he do that under Lane Kiffin? Sure. I'm going to trust Lane Kiffin to know which quarterback is going to play. And if you made me guess, it's going to be Matt Corral. Yeah. Uh, I think we mentioned in our earlier podcast when Tisdale put his name in the transfer portal. People weren't exactly beating down doors. So uh, he's going to have to prove it a little bit. Adam Kuffner at a Rebel Kuffner. Can you recap Saturday's basketball game in a Mickey Mouse voice? Thanks. All right. So Adam Kuffner is the Ole Miss basketball SID. And last week, Kermit Davis had a media opportunity. And before that media opportunity, I went to lunch with Mackenzie Salmon and Nick Suss. Had four beers at lunch, feeling loose when I got to the pavilion. And we were just sitting there talking. And we we're talking about my kids and all this kind of stuff. Got around somehow to the voices I do for my kids. I got Mickey Mouse, Kermit the Frog, Minnie Mouse, Miss Piggy, Elmo. I got a pretty good many voices in my toolbox. Mickey Mouse is probably my best voice. So, yeah. Do I really have to do it, though? I think so, man. You said anything was fair game. Damn it. Wow. Huh? Ole Miss beat Middle Tennessee on Kermit Davis's birthday. Wow. Isn't that great? There you go. <laughs> oh, God. What have I man become? of many skills. 
Yeah. Yeah. Rebel Yell at TaylorMate0205. What happened with Yancey? You'd have to ask him. I do like how uh, Yancey has his Twitter feed. So I over there and ask him. Vinny Bostic at Boom underscore Bostic. Why is everyone so quiet on Lynette Johnson? I don't cover those sports. I don't cover softball. David Johnson does an incredible job covering softball. Does an incredible job covering women's basketball. Ask David. I'm quiet on Lynette Johnson because I don't know. Yeah, that's, I don't that's, cover that's, any of those Title IX sports. I just don't. Yeah. I cover basketball by myself at the Spirit. I cover baseball by myself at the Spirit. And I cover football. Yeah. It's not some conspiracy. It's not like everybody's out there to protect Lynette. I don't know enough to present an educated opinion about Lynette. Doesn't really move the dial, so. Ole Miss Rebs at Ole Miss Sports 67. Any chance that Bryles comes as a co-OC wide receivers coach? A chance, yeah. I know Lane Kiffin covets Bryles, Kendall Bryles, that is. I think that could happen, actually. But Jeff Levy being the OC throws a little bit of a wrench into that, though. Did I read their brothers-in-law? Yes, you did. Wow. Maybe it happens. I think if you made Lane Kiffin say today, who do you want? Co-OC wide receivers coach? It's Kendall Bryles. Mark Vines, at Vines underscore six. Somebody may have asked, oh my God, but did Yancey threaten to burn McCready's house down? (laughs) Guys. I can confirm he did not do that. His Twitter handle is at Yancey Porter. Did you even get to read what Yancey said? Because it was deleted by the time I think you woke up. No. (laughs) Guys, I know y'all want me to care. I really do. And I really wish I could. I just don't. Wall Feinbaum, why does it burn when I pee? Buddy, you might want to get that one checked. Yeah, go to the doctor, my friend. Patrick Fletcher at Pat John 54 Will we be better at kicking field goals next season? I don't think there's any kicker that they're going to sign in this recruiting class that's going to be better than what they have on campus. I don't think they're even targeting the kicker. Luke Logan is back. You would expect if Blake Gideon's a special teams coordinator and he's coming here to do one thing, that Luke Logan would improve. You don't sign a kicker with Jack Tannehill at Oxford being a junior in high school. Also, I wonder if uh, they go to the transfer portal. LSU signed a kid from a D3 school that was a stud for them in 2018. So maybe they go that route. Wait, what's up with this Tannehill kid? Oh, from Oxford? He yeah. is a uh, he's a dynamic kicker, man. Committed to Ole Miss. He's got one more year of high school. And, I mean, he's like making 50 yarders and stuff with ease out at Oxford. Oh, nice. Yeah. But here's the deal. With Lane Kiffin, if it's fourth and three, he's going. Man's going. He doesn't kick him. It's nice if you get inside the 25 and it's fourth and eight. It's nice to be guaranteed three points like they were with Wonderlick, but yeah. Luke Logan will be better. Once he started missing kicks, it just snowballed for him. I hope his career isn't defined by the Egg Bowl. I do too. I've lots been made out of, you know, hey, thanks, Luke Logan. Like, I feel terrible for that kid. He does have some leg talent. He hasn't been able sure. to really show it yet, but he does have some leg talent. Blue collared, comma, hard nosed at hard nose 15. What are your five bold predictions for Ole Miss Athletics rolling to the new year? One more break here on Talk of Champions. Going to jump right back to the mailbag. Got to tell you first about the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood in Cheney's Pharmacy. I think we can all agree that Oxford has expanded. Our small little town, the home of the Ole Miss Rebels, is now jam-packed with new developments across the board from housing to restaurants, shops. And while Oxford is bustling like never before, it's made it hard on all of us to find the perfect home in the perfect spot. No one wants to spend three hours going to the grocery store. Fortunately, the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, is here for you. An innovative new development brought to you by John Welty Realty. It's just blocks from the historic Oxford Square, offering 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses, setting a new standard for community living with keen detail to ease and classic elegance. 
One day you might be hungry. You take a few steps outside your front door, go to the grocery store. Maybe go get a drink at the brewery. Maybe spend some time shopping at one of the many offerings that the Lamar will have once development is done. Build out is happening right now, so get in while you can. The houses are modern, open concept, one bedroom, two bedroom, whatever you're looking for in a home, the Lamar has the perfect spot for you. But you want to learn more, so call John Welty today, 662-638-6710. That's 662-638-6710. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. The Lamar is hot, the only place to live in this jam-packed town that we call home, Oxford, Mississippi. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. When it's football season, all you want to do is be around football. Even when you make your trip to the pharmacy, you want to see Ole Miss. The best pharmacy to go to, the only Ole Miss pharmacy really to go to, is Cheney's Pharmacy for all your pharmaceutical needs. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online, Cheney'sPharmacy.com. At Cheney's, Ole Miss is always in season. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Number one, Ole Miss will win seven games next year. Football. Including the bowl or without the bowl? Bowl. Okay. Ole Miss football is fun again. I wasn't having fun like you weren't. I know that you as a fan, it's a different kind of fun, but I don't want to cover bad football. And it wasn't fun. I'll roll into it and say seven wins with the bowl being one of the wins. Second prediction for Ole Miss athletics going into the new year. Ole Miss is one of the last four in going to Dayton for the NCAA tournament. Okay. And then the third bold prediction. Oh, here's one for you. Gunnar Hoagland leads the Ole Miss pitching staff in wins. Uh, yeah, I think by the end of the season, Gunnar Hoagland's the Friday night starter. I, I believe in that kid. Is Matt Corral being the quarterback a bold prediction? No, because if I told you a year ago from right now, Matt Corral was going to be the starting quarterback in 2020, you would say, okay. So, no, I don't, I don't think that's bold. All right, fine. Justin Bench will be the starting center fielder on opening day. <laughs> okay, I like that one. And then the fifth one. I don't want to do a third baseball, but baseball has been on my brain since November for some reason. Um, I got one. All right. They're going to sign a top 12 class in December of 2020. Oh, God. Top yeah. 12. Top 12. I didn't want to say top 10, but top 12. I'll say top 15. I'll go with that. At Big Dog Saint 23, is Yancey Porter this butthurt all the time <laughs> or only when he gets his ass beat <laughs> on the biggest story of the decade? Well, Yancey what? didn't cover the coaching search. Big Dog Saint. 23. So if you're saying that we got beat badly, you're talking about me. Oh, God. I know. Ben Molina at Trent Lawson 9. Okay, here we go. Not a jab about your colleague because I know he loves Ole Miss and wants the best for them. But what's your take on Yancey's rant? My take? I don't have one. I wish I did. If I knew that this many <laughs> questions were coming, I'd have tried to formulate one. <laughs> That's what I get for not looking at the questions. Can we, like, interject the uh, let it go from Frozen into this somehow? There you go. DSU underscore Reb. Did y'all know? Oh, God. 
Did y'all know ballcock is actually a real term used in plumbing? It refers to the fill valve in the toilet tank. The more you know. Thank you. Learn something new every day. I had no idea. Ballcock. Hayes Dubberly. Who starts in the outfield on opening day and the Rebs' final game? Opening day, Kevin Graham in left, Justin Bench in center, Hayden Leatherwood in right. By the end of the year, Justin Bench in right, Hayden Leatherwood in left, Jerry on Ely in center. Man, that was exactly what I was going to say. Ely's going to be in there by the time uh, May rolls around. And what I hope happens in, from, from an Ely perspective is he doesn't strike out a ton and, and Bianca gives up on him. I think the kid's going to be a star on the baseball field. By the time May rolls around, they're going to Hoover, going to the postseason. He's a center fielder for sure. Leatherwood, I'm interested in. Uh, they need him to be good. Uh, you mentioned Kevin Graham. I'm interested to see how that handles. He's going to be in the lineup. I'm sure they'd love to be able to have the versatility to put him in left field, but he's going to he's going to take a bat to the plate uh, with consistency this year. I can guarantee you that. Got one more at Call M as Lyceum. Reading speculation on the interwebs that Lane Kiffin may not finalize staffing positions until the end of the NFL season. Any embers to that smoke? Yes. And if yeah. so, any guesses as to who he may be waiting on? Bo Davis. <laughs> now, Taj Lapoy could happen, but I'm pretty sure that it's not going to. I could be well, completely wrong because here's the thing. If you go out on too far of a ledge with this staff stuff, you're bound to get burned. Okay, let me ask this. I simply don't know. You follow the NFL closer than me. I think Freddie Kitchens is going to get fired in Cleveland. Does that mean Taj Lapoy is fired or how does that work? Yeah. But okay, I don't think I, he's getting fired. Okay. You don't think Freddie Kitchens is? No, there's support from him. A report came out. I think it was PFT. I don't know for sure. A report came out that there's a lot of support for him in that room. General manager and all that. So Oof. I don't think they give up on him after one year. I would. Well, I would too, but I don't think they are. That's not the point. So <laughs> Bo enough. Davis, he's waiting on Bo Davis. That's the number one name. But again, if you go out too far on that ledge, you're bound to get burnt because this is a very fluid situation right now. But the reason why there hasn't been staff finality yet is because of recruiting. That's just a harsh reality of the early signing period. And that's why they need to move it back two days after Christmas if they need to. Because this is too early. Teams make coaching changes. This is bound to happen. Some coaches that may be in flux as far as being retained by the new coach, they could be let go and you've already signed your LOI. It's unfair to the players, but that's just the way it goes. They have to play that game. I understand yep. why the coaches play that game because that is the rules in which they have to operate. And if you're a player and if you're worried about that, if that matters to you, if you're not committed to a school but committed to a coach, you need to wait till February. Yeah. No man. one's forcing you to sign in December. Now, spots do dry up. 70% of prospects sign in the early signing period, at least they did last year. So I understand the need or the feeling that you have to go sign and you need to get it done and secure your spot. But if you're worried about one particular school, that school is not going to give up on you. Not one in transition like Ole Miss. Yeah, I do wonder, man. It's got to be tough on folks like Ed Orsron. Look, they get paid a lot of money. I get it. They're trying to recruit right now and then also worrying about winning a national title. I mean, that's a lot on your plate. If you're Chris Moore, you have more pressure to sign on Wednesday, mainly because Texas A&M might not wait on you. If you want to make sure that Texas A&M is an option for you, you're going to have to sign on Wednesday and make your decision in two days. But if you're Cade Renfro, you didn't really have to sign on Wednesday, but he plans to enroll early. That quarterback room is going to be filled up, but one of those players, John Rice Plumley, is probably going to move to another position if you made me guess today. But it wouldn't shock me either if John Rice Plumley was the starting quarterback. It's like y'all are so ready to give up on that kid. Matt Corral is the favorite of Ole Miss message boards on Twitter. I can understand loving the arm talent, but John Rice Plumley did do a lot of pretty incredible things. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think you're completely right. He, he did do a lot of good stuff. I think that there was just a segment of people that thought, my God, 
Corral got benched so early in his career, really over, it, it really wasn't because he was playing poorly either. And then the way they just kind of handled it. And, and frankly, Corral handled himself really well when they was kind of going through that too. And I think that sent a lot of good vibes to a lot of people. Yes, John Rice Plumley has some deficiencies as a passer currently. But also, I could easily see Lane Kiffin developing him pretty quickly. He did make Blake Sims good, or a decent quarterback. Yeah, he's got a track record. Rich Rod does not have a track record as a quarterback's coach. Actually, his track record is terrible. He's always preferred athletes as quarterbacks, but they've never developed as passers. So I could see John Rice being really good under Lane Kiffin. But if you're wondering what happened with Robbie Ashford, Lane Kiffin just didn't like his tape. They like Cade Renfro more. Jeff Levy's been recruiting that kid, that Cade Renfro kid, for like three years. Kendall Bryles wow. has been recruiting him too. Just saying. Don't give up on the Kendall Bryles love if you're out there wondering how he's going to fill out his staff. I think he wants to make that happen. What is Kendall Bryles waiting on? Yeah. The only thing Kendall Bryles could be waiting on is to get past the early signing period so then coaches can fill out their staff. That's it. Yep. It's been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister. Back on Thursday with potentially Norm Chow former USC offensive coordinator. Talk some Lane Kiffin. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.